Support for this podcast comes from Chronify, the scheduling platform for business and HR professionals. Don't let impersonal and slow interview scheduling stop you from acquiring top talent. Interview scheduling is one of the biggest pain points in recruiting. All that back and forth makes for a poor candidate experience. And finding a time is simple when you offer slots based on real-time availability. It's totally secure and you stay in complete control of who can book times in your calendar and when. Start the new year right and transform your interview scheduling with Chronify Scheduler. To find out more, go to www.chronify.com slash recruiting future. That's www.chronify.com slash recruiting future. And Chronify is spelled C-R-O-N-O-F-Y. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 326 of the Recruiting Future podcast. Recruiting automation is going to be a topic we explore in a lot of detail over this coming year. The key to any automation strategy is removing friction in a way that saves time and resource, but at the same time enhances the experience for candidates, recruiters and hiring managers. I wanted to bring this to life by looking at a very specific area of the recruiting process, interview scheduling. As we know, talent acquisition has many nuances and generic scheduling automation tools can often create more work than they remove and also damage the candidate experience. So how should we automate and what are the real benefits of doing it properly? To help answer this question, my guests this week are Adam Bird, CEO and co-founder of scheduling platform Chronify, and John Ayres, founder of tech recruitment company Harvey Thomas. Hi, Adam. Hi, John. And welcome to the podcast. Could you just both introduce yourself and tell us what you do? Adam, do you want to go first? Sure. Thanks, Matt. My name is Adam Bird. I'm CEO and co-founder of Chronify. Uh, So Chronify is... Scheduling infrastructure. Uh, it's a, a platform upon which, uh, which various applications co- uh, connect uh, to people's schedules to drive scheduling operations and a series of end user tools that allow people to book interviews in real time, or offer kind of self serve links to candidates, or drive online booking from their websites. And John, could you introduce yourself as well? Certainly. Hi, Matt. My name's John Ayres. Um, I've been a recruiter in the tech space for uh, just over 20 years now. I founded Harvey Thomas back in 2008 as uh, a niche recruiter supporting early stage and scale up software businesses. And um, and yeah, so yeah, been recruiting for quite a while and working predominantly in the kind of software, the SaaS space uh, for the last 12 years. Fantastic stuff. An absolute pleasure to have you both on the show. I suppose probably the, the best first question to, to ask is, is to actually ask Adam, could you sort of give us a few more details and tell us what actually is a scheduling platform? Certainly, Matt. So uh, a scheduling platform is really the kind of layer that sits under scheduling apps. 
So a scheduling app would be, say, something like Calendly. You know, we're, we're all aware of the the links that p- the p- the people can share. Uh, or a, a, a scheduling app would be trying to book an interview uh, from within an ATS. Or a scheduling app would be uh, sharing an online booking link o- o- on a website if you want to say book a coach or or a uh, a massage or, or or similar. What where the platform comes in is it's that underlying technology that allows that to happen everywhere. And so Chronify is this kind of underlying provider that connects all of these applications and all of these services together to people's calendars. And I guess one of the key problems that we're solving by being this sort of this common layer is that we can deal with all this kind of security and privacy implications of, of essentially connecting to people's incredibly private data and commercially sensitive data. And do that in such a way as they can be in complete control over what they're sharing with these applications, whilst essentially allowing, say, a candidate to book in for an interview without the candidate knowing anything about necessarily the details of the interviewer or what's in their calendar. And without sort of getting too technical, but I'm kind of desperate to ask this uh, reasonably geeky question. Is there sort of a a common language, a common forum, some kind of collaboration between the different calendar softwares? Well, there is. There's a forum called CalConnect. And so we're uh, a member, uh, about 20 companies alongside, we sit alongside Google. Google and Apple and define the future of calendars and the way they, they, they should be inter- interoperating. Unfortunately, not all vendors are represented, uh, the, the notable ex- exception being Microsoft. And there's a, a kind of long history to that. Uh, and uh, really, so the opportunity for, and the reason why, I guess, someone like Quantify exists is because there are lots of differences and lots of different ways of implementing these problems uh, and, and different ways of implementing availability across different services. And you get into the realms of people running calendars on uh, on site, cal- running calendars in the cloud. Uh, and then you start to sort of add on things like conferencing services and the different ways, say, Google Meet works very differently to Teams, to Zoom, to GoToMeeting. And all of these things are, in, are intrinsic to the way people are scheduling meetings, especially these days. And so having a kind of a common layer that are kind of essentially hides all that complexity from people allows far more use cases to be unlocked and far more value to be a- added um, to p- people's lives, essentially. They're just save- saving time, not having to go through the admin, um, uh, the admin of setting these things up and they can focus on what they do best. So every time we talk about automation on the show, the, the thing that always comes up first is people automating interview scheduling. But I really get the impression that companies aren't doing that in a particularly smart way. So... John, can you tell us a bit more about how using a platform like Quantify works from a recruitment perspective? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Well, as you can appreciate, um, as a recruiter, I spend most of my life speaking to it and dealing with people, um, whether that be kind of candidates and clients, arranging interviews, you know, scheduling for new jobs, speaking to clients about new opportunities, speaking to new candidates and prospecting. Um, so most of the time is spent speaking to those people on on a daily basis, but also scheduling those calls can be very time-consuming, as Adam just mentioned. So what I use Chronify for is actually gives people I want to speak to access to my calendar so they can book some time in with me so that uh, I don't have to keep going back and forth over email, uh, over voicemails and things, trying to get some availability and get a time that we can can both chat uh, into the diary. So it saves a lot of time and effort from that perspective. What I do like about the Quantify application is that I'm also able to organize interviews on behalf of my clients. Now, the biggest 
I suppose, time-consuming event within recruitment is trying to arrange interviews because you're actually a third party. So you're trying to arrange an interview for a candidate to meet a client. So you're trying to get time in the diary when both of those people can can actually have that uh, have that interview. So with the Quantify application, I'm actually able to have access to my client's um, calendar, um, obviously without seeing what's in there, but be able to actually provide that link to the candidates and get them to book some time directly with the client, which saves huge amounts of time and effort. And it's a real game changer for us, I'll be honest with you, being able to do that. Because the amount of time we spend, as I say, going back and forth over email, over voicemail, speaking to people, trying to get availability is incredible. And when you're dealing with you know anything up to maybe 10 people a day that you're trying to get calls scheduled with, it can be very time consuming and takes you away from doing what you really want to do. And that is that is recruitment. So I think one of the really interesting things with this is the the quality of experience working with a platform like this when it comes to scheduling provides. Talk us through the biggest sort of advantages of it. I mean, how can this type of automation really improve the experience for candidates, for recruiters and, and hiring managers? Well, I think the the biggest advantages for me is obviously, as we as we mentioned, is time saving and being able to spend more time away from the admin side and focusing on the recruitment, getting under the skin of the clients and the candidates and what they're really looking for. You know, um, we're able to engage talent much quicker as well, which is quite key. So particularly in a competitive market, you know. When I first started in recruitment, we, we you know we used to ring someone up, we used to answer the phone. It doesn't really happen anymore. You know, the people haven't got time necessarily to speak to you as a recruiter. So, you know, you're constantly having to try and arrange times where which is convenient for the candidates. And people are very, very much more busier now. And you do need to schedule. But it with the scheduling application like this, you're able to engage that talent much quicker. It's also less disruptive for the hiring managers as well, because you know getting constant calls from me trying to arrange an interview and trying to get time isn't productive for them. So if you can actually arrange those interviews without the hiring managers having to get too involved with it, it saves them a lot, of t- a lot of time and effort, particularly obviously around scheduling. And it eliminates any kind of scheduling issues or errors that might, might ever occur by uh, going through a third party as well. So I think, it, you know, in, in terms of the the advantages they are huge for for across you know for all candidates recruiters and hiring managers really but i think that the time saving and the effort saving and the increased productivity as a result of it is quite key now adam could you sort of talk us through the obviously i think a lot of people listening will be familiar with more generic tools like calendly and i know that you've done a lot of work to to really make the tool that you have work really effectively in a recruitment setting. Could you talk us through what the differences are between what you do and between what something like Calendly does? Yeah, I, I think the number one difference is is around this notion of a kind of one-time use link. And that in uh, the, the, with tools like Calendly or, uh, or um, you, know, you can book me in those kind of services, the, the user is sharing, is making essentially a permanent share. They're making their calendar open all the time. And, and in a recruitment situation, the hiring manager doesn't want to do that. They don't want to have their calendar open all the time. They actually want to only allow a candidate to book in to their calendar according to their working hours and their rules if those if that candidate has passed the screening process, has, you know, has been essentially approved by the recruiter. And he's kind of decided to go through that next phase of the process. So by making this a kind of one-time share that the candidate can only use once, they can't go back in, that unlocks this, this self-serve opportunity 
for all recruitment, not just those people who are perhaps here. So, uh, you can see a situation where perhaps recruiters would share their calendar open all the time because that's their job is to just make themselves available for candidates. But it's that next level when you want to, you know, people within the organization whose job it is to, to really understand whether that account is right for their, uh, for, for their organization. They're only going to want to share their calendar at the point that that candidate is deemed appropriate. Now, what that unlocks is an, is a, another really important aspect of interviews. And certainly something we've seen from our own research is the majority of interviews are not one-on-one. There is more than one person involved in an interview, you know, two, three, four people on a panel. So by making that a one-time link, we can then make it super easy for the recruiter to craft a link that actually reflects on the availability of all of the panelists. So the candidate can then just pick a time that works for everyone, and there's no extra work involved in doing that for anyone. Everyone's time is respected. So the candidate experience remains the same. They just get a set of links that they know will work. It's it's encoded with their details that they don't have to fit in their name every time or anything like that. But importantly, it's then gone into every member of the hiring panel's calendar without the chance of double booking. So it's really those two areas, I, I think, on recruitment are, are where we see the, the, the most benefit. It's this kind of one-time use link so people aren't sharing their calendars permanently and having to worry that people can book in whenever they feel like it. But secondly, from a recruiter perspective, you can start to do the more complex interview flows where you're saying, well, actually, there's a, there's a panel here. And even we've started to work with some organizations around sequences of interviews. So certainly, if you get involved in, say, Development interviews, uh, interviewing uh, software engineers. Often you'll have a, uh, a, a sort of culture interview, a technical interview, and maybe a coding challenge. And those things need to happen in a certain sequence. Now, from a candidate experience point of view, they they just want to be interviewing for, say, three hours. Internally, there are three different people that could serve those interviews. And actually, they can be drawn from a pool of, say, 10 or 20 that could serve each different type of interview. And so what, we, what we've seen previously is our clients are, or recruiters are saying, right, candidate, tell me when you're available, that I'll go through all the legwork internally of trying to find people that can kind of do that sequence of interviews at the right time. Whereas with unlocking the kind of, and this is where the, the platform uh, that the Quantified Built has come in. We have all this capability within our kind of underlying layer. We can surface that to the recruiter to set up the rules to say, well, I need one of these 10 people, one of these 10 people, and one of these 10 people to do these three interviews in any order, in a fixed order, and then present that to the candidate as just a one choice. And the whole lot becomes automated. And so you get massive, massive time savings, again, with one-time use link, and you're preserving the privacy of all of the hiring managers involved. I think what I really like about this approach is, for me, it really encapsulates what automation should look like in recruitment. It's very, very user experienced, focused, frictionless, and provides real value for everyone in terms of making something easy, but also saving saving a lot of time. If we're sort of looking at broader recruiting automation, what, what do you think are the key factors that organizations should be thinking about. Lots of talent acquisition leaders out there sort of currently looking at their their strategy for automation. What, what, what is it that they should be considering? I personally, in my kind of, I've been building software for a long time, Matt, and, and I've, I've kind of been through the various cycles and hype cycles of automation and this kind of thing. And I think what it comes down to is remembering what humans are good at and recognizing what computers are good at. And 
recruitment is a completely human-centered process. You know, what, what you're looking for uh, as a recruiter is to match the culture and principles of the candidate with the culture and principles of the company or, and or the team you're, you're hiring for. And so to do that, it's incredible. You have to really get under the skin of both, both parties in order to do that. And then, so really then it's like, well, that's it. That's, that's if you like the magic that recruiters deliver. Anything that stands in the way of that should be a candidate for automation. If that's setting up assessments, is that asking screening questions? Is that scheduling interviews? Is that doing background checking? Is that doing kind of CV parsing? All of those things that just get in the way of the recruiter getting under the skin of the candidate and the organization, I, I would say it should be fair game. I think from um, certainly from a looking at it from a recruiter's perspective, I think sometimes, particularly when you're dealing with with companies, um, they do tend to occasionally move away from that candidate experience and don't really un- underestimate the importance of candidate experience in the recruitment journey. And I think that when a company is looking at a, an automation strategy, they've got to make sure that that strategy incorporates, as, as Adam pointed out, and, uh, the correct element of human interaction because it's very important, particularly with the candidate experience, that that, that, that candidate experience starts at the very beginning and, and they don't feel just like a number. You know, it's very important that they're, 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 they're supported through the journey. And I think if you can create a strategy where you can automate those processes that, you know, that don't necessarily need that human interaction, as Adam, Adam pointed out, I think that's quite key, but putting the candidate first is is vital. I think in any any automation strategy moving forward. And, and I think you make a really good point, Bon. And I think there's a really simple way you can put the candidate first in, say, from a scheduling perspective, is you give them a link that's personalised to them, rather than these anonymous booking links where the candidate's having to fill out their details every time they want to book in. Nothing says I don't care about you when I send you an, an anonymous link where you've got to fill in your details each time. And so looking at ways you can give this tailored experience that remembers who the candidate and demonstrates to the candidate the organization remembers who they are is a really simple way of doing that, but really speaks volumes to the, uh, the, the impression that you're giving the candidate and their importance to you. Final question. We've really seen automation move up the agenda in 2020 with everything that's been happening. From your perspective, how has the pandemic changed things and what's the likely future now for recruitment automation? From my perspective, I, or from uh, from talking to our, our clients, I think the most important thing that's changed is location and the importance of location in every aspect of our lives and this kind of blurring of our our personal lives and our working lives. And this idea... So, to give you a really concrete example, so we, we have a customer who, who um, runs a recruitment. They can provide the recruitment software for an organization that had, say, 10 recruitment centers. And each of those 10 recruitment centers had six recruiters. So if you were a candidate for, for that center, you would choose your local center and find a time where, among, for, where three of those six people were available. And that was your op- opportunity. Now, with the, the the switch to remote first, as we've, we've had to go through this, this year, suddenly, rather than being restricted to three people from six, location doesn't matter. So you can do three from 60, which means you've got far more chance of getting a, a possible interview with someone far more quickly and getting a candidate through that process. And that crucial time to hire and ma- maintaining the momentum is maintained. Plus, you can better spread out the load across your recruiting function. 
And so that it dramatically increases the efficiency of, of, of recruiting in that kind of remote context. And now where we're talking to organizations, they're saying, well, actually, we should take advantage of that. And there may be aspects of the recruiting process which should happen locally, but actually what can happen remotely and how can we get candidates through that process as quickly as possible? So maybe the last stage is a face-to-face, is, is on-site once we're allowed to start start moving again. So I think that's, that's, that's this, people are really starting to, to, to think quite carefully about the meaning of location when it comes to, uh, and the, the opportunity whether that comes to unlocking automation gains. Yeah, I think obviously it's been, it's been, it's been a, a terrible year really. And, and particularly in, in across recruitment, you know, we're, we're, we're very sadly, we're seeing a lot more applications now in the recruitment industry as a result of the pandemic. And, and it's really important going back to that customer first that we mentioned earlier on, you know, that it's really important that, um, you know, each of these candidates is responded to and they're managed because, you know, we're dealing with people's lives. So I think, you know, as much as automation is important, I still think I still think there's a human element there, but recruiting automation will really play a vital role in that as we move forward. I think that we'll start seeing, sadly, I think there's going to be a look, at, you know, as companies look at cost reduction, uh, I think that perhaps rec- recruitment automation is, is inevitable there. I think people will certainly start looking at, 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 at that moving forward from a business perspective you know as, as Adam said it's all it's all online now the, I, you know, I've never had it before where you know at the very beginning of the of the pandemic that you know companies were very nervous about putting people through an online recruitment process you know it really was unheard of and they didn't really want to make a decision without meeting someone but now we you know nine months down the line we're seeing companies now who are doing the whole process online quite happy to take them through the whole interview process and onboarding without ever meeting them so i think that as a result of that recruiting automation can play a vital role in in managing that effectively moving forward adam john thank you very much for talking to me thank you thanks matt my thanks to adam bird and john Ayres. You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or via your podcasting app of choice. Please also follow us on Instagram. You can find the show by searching for Recruiting Future. You can search through all the past episodes at recruitingfuture.com. And on that site, you can also subscribe to the mailing list to get the inside track about everything that's coming up on the show. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next time. And I hope you'll join me. This is my show.